You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to be with you wherever you may be joining us. Uh, please stay safe out there. I think there's some severe uh, thunderstorms that are headed our way. Uh, so please, please be safe. Today is the second Sunday uh, in the season of Easter, and we read uh, what is uh, traditionally the text that is read on the second Sunday of Easter. It's the, as we sometimes call it, the Doubting Thomas text. Uh, it is our text this morning. It's from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, beginning at verse 19 through verse 29. Let us hear the word of the Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked out of fear for the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When it was evening, on that day. The first thing that John's gospel wants us to recognize is that resurrection happens in the midst of darkness. Chapter 20 begins early on the first day of the week before the sun had risen. Mary came to the tomb and saw that it was empty. And then the next time Jesus appears, it says it was in the evening on that day. John wants us to know that resurrection happens in absence when there is no light, so that the light of Christ can be the light. Now, all of a sudden, John's prologue, the beginning of the Gospel of John, makes sense. In him was life, and life was light, and light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. In other words, the light of Christ can still be found when the world offers only absence. And John's Gospel leans into absence as the resurrection account continues. 
As we talked about last week, Jesus appears with Mary in the garden and Jesus tells Mary to go and tell the disciples everything that he had told her. So presumably, when our text begins today, the disciples have already heard that Jesus had been raised, yet they were still still fearful. They were hiding behind not only closed doors, but locked doors. They had heard about the resurrection, but they hadn't yet seen it. And therefore, they were fearful. If there's some good news about that, they were at least fearful together. They had huddled together. Last week uh, during Easter worship, right before the 1045 service, uh, there was a tornado warning and and Officer Jared came in and gave us the signal. Uh, So we left the sanctuary and we huddled uh, in in the hallway and waited for the storms to pass. But the the first thought that went through my mind was, I'm not with my family right now. What's the appropriate call to make? Should we cancel Easter worship and and send everybody home to be with their families? But maybe it's actually even more dangerous for everyone to get in their car now and try to get home. Should we just wait and pause and continue the Easter worship service as scheduled? And that's eventually what we did. That's the call that we make. But before you judge me too harshly on that, I did call Christy at home and the weather was less severe there. Uh, and so we were confident that we could stay in place and hang out and just wait. And then the storm will pass and worship can continue. This is such a strange season in the life of the church. It feels like we're making make or break calls every day, one after the other. What is the right decision? Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we get it wrong. Ah, there's the thunder. Right when I say sometimes we get it wrong, the heavens and the thunder rolls. All right, let me get back on track. Um, um, So I understand, I understand when, when the disciples gathered together and huddled, especially as a pastor, the week after Holy Week, I get it. The disciples closed the door, locked it, and just were with each other. They just wanted to be. They shut it down. And I get it. Except for Thomas. <laughs> Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. And we don't really know why Thomas wasn't there. Thomas gets a bad rap sometimes as the one who, who doubts. We just sang a song, Doubting Thomas, I took a promise, right? But earlier in John's gospel, when Jesus wants to go be with Lazarus, Lazarus lived in the south and Jesus was in the north, The disciples said, Jesus, don't go. The folks in the South, they want to kill you. They want you dead. But it was Thomas who stood up and said, let us go with him so that we might die with him. So maybe Thomas should be nicknamed Fearless Thomas. He is the one who spoke up, but we so often remember his doubt. And memory memory is a funny thing. Sometimes we remember the best of people with rosy-tinted glasses. Sometimes we remember the worst in people, forgetting that we are also capable of extraordinary good and terrible evil, each one of us. Or maybe we best remember what we've done last in our life. Could it be that Thomas was not with them because of his fearlessness? Remember, the disciples had huddled together because they were afraid. Thomas wasn't there. Maybe it's because he wasn't afraid and he was out in the world and he was searching for Jesus. 
Or maybe the most appropriate nickname for Thomas is Mourning Thomas. Maybe Jesus' death was just too much for him. Maybe he thought it was the death of the movement. Maybe he was never coming back. Reading this with fresh eyes, we, we hear the kind of the first glimmer of the Easter miracle as it pertains to the disciples. When Thomas comes back, if you're reading this for the first time, you might imagine the disciples greeting Thomas by saying, where were you? We, we were grieving and you disappeared. Where were you? But that's not what they do. When Thomas comes in, they say, we have seen the risen Lord. But then Thomas meets, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the real nickname for Thomas is realist Thomas, because Thomas says, you've seen, well, unless I see the marks in his hands and unless I can put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Unless I see scars, I will not believe. But believe what exactly? Believe that Jesus has been raised? Or maybe Thomas was still wrestling with the fact that Jesus had died at all. What is it that Thomas needs to see? And why does he particularly lift up scars? Unless I see the scars in his hands and in his side. You might imagine that Thomas was looking for the, the, the fully resurrected, in glory, new and improved Jesus' body without any blemish at all. He specifically looks for scars. This story is lusciously ambiguous with its details. Now, I've heard it said that Jesus showed Thomas exactly what Thomas needed to see. And that's a fine sermon. There is truth in that sermon. I've preached that sermon before. But what makes me uncomfortable in my rereading of this text, at least for this year, is Jesus' timing of it all. Back in the Lazarus story, Jesus hears that Lazarus is ill and he waits two days before going down south to meet with him. Jesus has a curious timing. Jesus, when he went to heal Jairus' daughter, a woman touched his cloak and he stops. I mean, Jesus had, Jesus had a job to do, but he paused. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Jesus' timing is very curious. Understand in the text, a whole week transpires between the time that Thomas was with the disciples, saying, unless I see him, I won't believe to the time that Jesus appears. A whole week transpires. That, for, imagine being Thomas. Imagine being Thomas and everyone around you is saying, we have seen Jesus. And he says, well, I won't believe until I put my hands in his side and see his wounds. And then Monday passes and Tuesday passes. Wednesday, Thursday. How long would it take for you to think that Jesus was not interested in revealing the divine to you. Imagine what was going through Thomas's mind during that week of absence. Did he think that because of my lack of faith, I've missed my opportunity to see the risen Lord? Is Jesus mad with me? Am I shut out? 
But this may be the true miracle of the story. Yes, there's resurrection. Yes, Jesus is appearing behind closed doors, locked doors. Uh, yes, Jesus has scars, that, uh, wounds that have been healed. Yes, but maybe the, the real miracle, at least the miracle that we can hold on to on this day, is that Thomas came back. Even without seeing Jesus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even in the midst of absence, Thomas came back. We called Thomas Doubting Thomas, but maybe Thomas's faith is the strongest of all of theirs. Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Understand, he's not chastising Thomas there. He's lifting up Thomas as an example. Thomas had not seen Christ, but came back anyway. Unless I put my finger in his side, I will not believe. But when Jesus appears and invites him to put his hand in his side, Thomas doesn't. He simply replies, my Lord and my God. It's almost as if Thomas meets Jesus and says, Lord, I believe. And Jesus says, I know you do because you came back and you came back without any guarantees. It's almost as if Jesus looks at the disciples and says, have you believed in me because you have seen? And then he places his hand on Thomas and says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet keep coming back. Earlier this week on Facebook, <laughs> I asked a question in this impromptu, not scheduled uh, Facebook Live uh, that we did on Thursday. What do you need to see in order to believe in the resurrection? And maybe a better question is, what do you need to show in order for others to believe in the resurrection? When I asked that question on Facebook, people were saying love and kindness and forgiveness and, and great service. And maybe, maybe here's the truth. Where there is absence, where we go through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and there seems to be nothing there, let us reveal the resurrection. Let us be that sign. May we be that light in the midst of of absence. Whether you consider yourself a doubting Thomas or maybe a fearless Thomas or maybe a realist Thomas, may we at least all be a faithful Thomas. Help us to look for resurrection and where we can't find it, let us be the resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, give us faith to conquer fear. Father, where we have seen you and seen the resurrection and seen the life of the church in the world, help us to celebrate and lift up. And where we have not seen, where there is absence, where there is despair, Help us to be that light. Let us fill the void 
with the resurrection that lives within us. Help us to show the world Christ. And Father, whether we consider ourselves to be doubting or fearless or afraid, give us the courage to keep coming back. Help us to come back. In your mercy, hear our prayer this day. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.